This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to another special movie roundtable of Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the latest word on all the cool things happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond from the people who know it best, Library Nerds. I'm Marty Ackett, Adult Programming Coordinator for Peter White Public Library, and joining me today are my two favorite guest movie nerds, Amanda from the Teen Zone and Ben from the Circulation Department. Welcome back to the podcast, Amanda and Ben. Thanks for having us. Good to be back. (laughs) Ben's looking at some of the cheeses on the board right now and is not real happy, but anyway. Um, Okay, are we ready for this? You know, the last time, Ben and I inflicted a whole bunch of horror films on Amanda. Zombies and serial killers and demons. This time, Amanda is inflicting on us movie musicals from Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. I don't know how beautiful it is until tomorrow. So lots to talk about today, including why Grease did not make the cut. And here's a little hint. Amanda does not like Grease. Anyway, but before we decide that life is a cabaret, we have to play another round of Word on the Nerd, the game where I find out a little bit more about my guest nerds. You know how this goes. I'm going to ask you three library nerd questions about yourselves, and you have to answer them for listeners. So, Amanda and Ben, are you ready to play Word on the Nerd? This is going to be a little game of Would You Rather. I'm going to ask you three Would You Rather questions, and you have to truthfully answer them for listeners. And all of the questions this time have to do with movie or stage musicals. So here's your first question. Would you rather wear the makeup and costume for Shrek for an entire week or wear the makeup and costume from the musical Cats for an entire week? Down. <laughs> Shrek? Shrek for a year. Really? Why? Why not Cats? No. No. <laughs> Why you're both like you were like already on that. Have you already discussed that? Which one you were gonna do? He told me he didn't want to know what the question So I don't read I purposely don't read the question. Okay. I like to get the Yeah, okay. I didn't know there was gonna be a cat's mention. Okay, yeah. People who know me (laughs) know that I don't do don't do cats. Although it is one other employee's favorite. Which is whack. Cats is do you like cats? I, I love the music in Cats, yeah. It's a, it's a strange musical. I mean, it's sort of like I when I watch that musical, well, I've never watched the movie musical, well, okay? I, I've, 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 awful. That's what I've heard. But I have seen the stage musical, and it's sort of like I'm Lori after sniffing yeah. the uh, sniffing her thing in Oklahoma. You know, I, that's what it feels like to me. The only time I was ever going to watch Cats is when NMU was going to do it. Was it April 2020? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, COVID. That was the only time I was ever willing to watch Cats. Right. Okay. I've mm-hmm. seen Cats on stage. I don't know if you know this. Oh, I did not know this. The Cats, the cats incident. Okay. Let's see. I Wait. We got to hear the Cats incident. Oh, my okay, God. Let's okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so, 
when I was a kid, my parents, they were like deciding to like, we're going to go see theater shows and mm-hmm. whatever. And we'd go to like Green Bay, or Green Bay or Appleton or Chicago, wherever, and see these touring things. We saw Annie and it was great. Sally Struthers was Miss Hannigan. Uh, so then they were like, we're going to go see Cats. They're like, this is the longest running mm-hmm. musical. It's right. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I don't know anything about it, but like, if it's so well known, it's got to be amazing. Yeah. So, me and my dad, and we took my uncle and my sister and my mom. We got tickets. <laughs> we couldn't get five tickets together. So, my sister and my mom were like sitting like up front near the orchestra, and we were up in the mezzanine. Um, the th- the show starts, and it's just no one knows what's happening. <laughs> me and my dad, we're just it's. <laughs> People crawling on the stage in cat makeup, just going like making cat noises. And then like occasionally there's a song. It is like, and during intermission, we like met up and my mom and my sister were like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And we're just like, I like, and then I swore off musicals. I was like, I'm never going to another one. I'm never going to watch another one in my life. It was traumatic. It was so bad. So, so cats like, ruined musicals yeah. for you. Because I'm what? like, if this is supposed to be the best, like, what are we doing here? But, but you know, Betty Buckley no, singing Memory? But no. There's no... <laughs> that's, that song's overrated. Oh, I really love that song. There's <laughs> story, okay? It's like... it's the most... writing to get on the alien spaceship to go to Cat Heaven. That's the whole storyline. <laughs> I think that's Come my point. Anyways, no cats. <laughs> when we were doing this talking about this i told Amanda, i'm like as long as we don't do cats i'm in all right maybe i like cats because it's based on t.s Eliot poems and I that's don't why i what it's based on it is bad. <laughs> like amanda was telling me that like you know it's based on a poem yes my mom explained all this to me mm-hmm. it's still a thing in my family <laughs> like to this day the cats I can, I can see it's like you have post-traumatic stress from oh cats my or my dad always tells the story where it was like you know when he was in the army and he was in boot camp and like and he broke his foot and like he had to like finish it out because they were like well your foot's broken you don't like you can either like finish out the week or you can get rolled back into the next class and do it all over again he's like so he did it with broken foot and he said that was the most painful experience of his life <laughs> until he saw cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So All right. there you go. I didn't know there was going to be a cats mention. All right. Well, there you go. Um, cats, definitely a no-no. We'll get to Greece eventually, but yes. okay. Um, second question. Here we go. Would you rather be followed around by the Phantom of the Opera all day or followed around by Sweeney Todd? all day i say phantom so at least he like teaches you how to sing yeah i would say that because like i don't want to be eaten well i'm thinking though you know at least you'd be fed if you uh had sweeney Todd. but wouldn't you eventually end up in a meat pie isn't that the gimmick you you could if you cross his path yeah but you could end up under a crushed under a chandelier if you're being followed around by the phantom of the opera yeah, but, like, if I'm going to go either way, I'd rather not be eaten. So I'm going to say Phantom. <laughs> all right, all right. I would go with, um. yeah, I would go with Phantom, too, you know. He dresses better anyway, so, exactly. you know. All right. Um. Last question. Would you rather watch Grease every day for a month or 
Oklahoma every day for a month. I'm I'm gonna say Oklahoma. I hate you. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say Greece. First off, Greece is not as long. Yeah. Second off, there's like actual fun songs. <laughs> Oklahoma is just painful. <laughs> like none of the songs are fun. It's like Greece at least had like you know songs you could still hear on the radio. You know what I mean? They had like pop hits in it. I, I I kind I of either. They're both bad, but I'm saying the Greece at least has funner songs. And, and you're not going to convince her on this at all. Nope. I'm just shocked that you would go with Oklahoma because yeah. I would do Greece because it's one and done. You're quick. It's easy. There's a few songs that you can tap your feet exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah, I tune out a lot of stuff. I have two kids at home and two dogs. And so I would just eventually like, oh, yeah, background noise. Mm, yeah. And I'd um, rather have my kids watch Oklahoma over Greece, but that's a personal preference. Well, I, I've um I tried to get my son to watch Oklahoma with me for this podcast. Yeah, and um yeah, it was a no go. I, I think we hit like um I don't even know if we hit oh what a beautiful morning and he was like checking out. So, you know Hugh Jackman in it. So I was it, like I was all for that version of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I have a story when we get there about the time my husband did a production of Kentucky. Oh boy. Uh I well, I will tell you, I did a production of Carousel. That is my least favorite musical. I was in that show. I hated it. I was, I was, a, I did the sailor dance in that show. And if you can imagine me dressed up as a sailor trying to do a pipe dance, um, that will tell you how well that went for me. I mean, so. it sounds better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will go with Greece. So I, I, I'm definitely a... Well, right. You, know, you don't want to watch either one of them. But like, <laughs> no. At least, I think. But, you know, an hour and a half versus three hours. You know? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the end of this musical edition of Word on the Nerd with Ben from Circulation and Amanda from the Teen Zone here at Peter White Public Library. And now the time has come to put on our tap shoes and ballet slippers, warm up our voices, and step into the spotlight. We are about to talk about some of the most iconic movie musicals of all time, and we're going to we're going to find out why Amanda has something against John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. So let's get into the word. So Amanda and Ben, let's talk movie musicals, but. I, before we do that, let's talk about the board that we have here. We got our charcuterie board, courtesy of Amanda. We have a traditional Gouda, and then I have a Dill Havarti, and then I went and fancy and went and visited Everyday Wines, because mm. everybody should visit their cheese counter there. <laughs> and I have a Dunbar in Blue, um, which is a white cheddar with some like blue cheese mixed in, which is mm. delicious. Um, then I have uh, the Rutland Red Lettenchester. It's like cloth-bound cheddar. It's delicious. Ben liked that one. Cheddar's all right. <laughs> and, I, and I brought in one of like the most sought after cheeses that I've always wanted to try. And I really enjoyed it. Marty really enjoyed it. I liked it. it, yep. But I got some Humboldt Fog, but Ben did not like it. I no. did try it. He, he tried it. I am very proud uh, of it. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, you know, the face that you made was worth just just the price of the cheese, I would say. It was so good. But um, I think that, that that Humble Fog is my favorite out of the whole thing. We, there's, uh, was it the Try Guys? Mm. One of the, I can't remember. My friend Liz came to visit, 
And there was a whole episode and they did all, I want to say it was the Try Guys and they did a whole episode on like cheese. And this was like one of like the most humble hogs, one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have some salami and olives and some cookies on there. We were very simple today. But the, it's so good. So good. We're going to, if there's any uh, humble fog left, we'll send it home with Ben. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this cheese is scary looking. <laughs> it's looking right at me the whole time. I can't concentrate. It's actually the cheese that's almost closest. It's to right at me. She did it on purpose. <laughs> Amanda does this on purpose. Oh, oh my god! Cheddar by you though. That yeah. is true. So you have a, a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Going I can trust on there. this. I can't trust this. Did you try the Havarti though? Uh, not yet. No, it's not. The Havarti is very normal. It's got mm-hmm. dill in it. It's good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know how are we gonna start talking about these musicals. Well, I guess let's what get over. It? Let's go with Oklahoma first because it's kind of like get the that one out of the way. That started. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is traditionally what people say. It's the 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 musical that sort of created the American uh, stage musical, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Should we so, uh, tell them the version we watched? Yeah, we did not watch the film version with Shirley Jones and, um, oh, I can't remember the guy who played the lead. Um, um, yeah, the one who played Curly. We watched, um, I think it's a night. 19- Teens 99. 1999. Like a Winston production. Yep. I looked into it. It's actually like a well regarded version of the. And it's filmed. It's a filmed it's version a, of, of the, the Broadway stage stage. Stage. And it was directed by Susan Stroman, yeah. who is a fantastic director. Really was uh, the one and only Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. yes. Green, Green yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And, and he was really good. He was. I thought. He can sing. I like Hugh a lot. Yeah. So you want to see him in Music Man with Sutton Foster on Broadway. That would be fantastic. I'm hoping that they film it so that yeah. they have it on, you know, available somewhere sometime. But that, yeah, so we didn't watch the original uh, movie version. We watched the Hugh Jackman uh, filmed version of the stage musical that he did in London. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's hear it. <laughs> that was your first time watching Oklahoma, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think when you were watching it, you were like, text me. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I've never seen this. Like. I I mean, you know, like I said, the cats thing happened, and then I was not interested <laughs> in watching these. Um, I don't know this. This one was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, no, no, what else to say? It was kind of a depressing story, and I didn't like any of the characters, and I, the songs weren't fun. And you didn't like. The Surrey with the fringe on top? No, no, it's not fun. Oh, what a beautiful morning! <laughs> Just saying. I am not an Oakwell. I am not a Rogers, a huge Rogers and Hammerstein fan either. Well, I grew up listening. My mom loved Rogers and Hammerstein, so I mean that was it. Was there, it was on the record player all the time. Oh, I'm so. Yeah, my I mom loves Oklahoma too. What's wrong with her? Oh no, what's wrong? I mean, she also loves cats, so. Oh, that's true. Okay, so um, perhaps, well, no, she probably saw saw Oklahoma before she saw Cats, because yeah, I'm sure she grew up watching the movie version. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people did. Well, you know, here's the thing. Okay, well, the story of Oklahoma is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's this. It's in Oklahoma territory before it became a state, and um. And it's like this bit, well, it's a love story, right? Between Curly and Laurie. 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 And Judd. And Judd, who's like this weird um, farmhand. Farmhand. Town drunk. Yeah, town drunk. And he like 
he does very strange things. He's scary. Yeah. Dude, the whole song, the whole one song about Hurley singing with Judd. Poor oh, Judd is dead. Oh my I god, love I that song. Trying to get that. And I was like, like, I'm like, come on, you're out of line, Kurt. That that that's one of my favorite songs. He's though. trying to get the dude to commit suicide, Marty. It's messed up. Well, it is messed up. He wants really him out of the funny. picture, so he can. It's not funny. <laughs> but that's no, a, but Judd is a terrible, terrible person. Okay, but I mean, like, so is Curly. But Curly him. tries to kill. I mean, um, Judd tries to kill Curly too at one point. But that's at later. After Curly tried to convince him to kill himself. So I feel <laughs> like the Curly, wedding. Yeah, Curly kind of had that coming. Wow. I didn't really like anyone in it. Like there were no <laughs> You wouldn't characters. care. I like Aunt Eller. Yeah, Aunt uh, Eller. Yeah, she's a I mean, she was the best of like <laughs> the a mediocre bunch, I would say. And then there was uh Annie, Ado Annie. Mm. Oh, and the girl with the laugh. What did you think of that laugh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love Ado Annie, and you know who played um Curly, not Curly, but Judd in the first um uh, movie version was Rod Steiger. Oh well, I love Rod Steiger, mm -hmm. and he was really good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm chewing now. <laughs> Carry on. But yeah, so um on a not my favorite movie musical of all time. Well, they did kick off a genre of these big stage productions coming to yeah. movie theaters. Mm -hmm. And but before we leave Oklahoma behind, we have to talk about all of our least favorite parts of this musical. Oh no. Was it fifteen minutes long? Fifteen to twenty minutes long in mm -hmm. this version. Yeah. yeah, it was like fifteen. It's it's what's it's a drug induced ballet. The dream ballet. The dream well they call it the dream ballet, but at one point, Lori like takes out this thing that she gets gets from a, a peddler. Yeah, right? Ali Hakim. Yeah. Right, and 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 let's not even get to Ali Hakim and the cultural bias in that whole thing. Let's not go there. But um, yeah. So she sniffs this this bottle. It's laudanum, right? It's yeah, opium. It, it's opium, and she has a weird, weird vision dream ballet that. Goes on forever. Like twenty, I think it would last as long as Greece. I swear to God. Well, so, you, um, hold on, I just had a thought. Do you think Andrew Lloyd Webber saw this and was like, "I should make a whole musical like this." I <laughs> cats because it had major cats vibes. <laughs> Either that, or he did sniff laudanum himself. Oh, and I think and, he saw Oklahoma, and he was like, "This is my jam right yeah. here." There's no talking, there's ballet. no singing, just... they're doing weird I mean, stuff on the, stage. If, at least I give the Dream Ballet props. You see the entire story play out if she goes one direction or the other direction. It's not just this weird dream. Yeah, but still, it's still what's no, the still point? Weird. It is still weird as all get out. See, see, if I were ever to direct this musical, which I never will direct <laughs> this musical, I would literally cut out that ballet. Oh, yeah. I would never do it. Never in my life. I was researching it, and there are literally people who are like, that's my favorite part. Oh my gosh. Like, this is this was an achievement. And like I felt like I was watching a horror movie from our last episode. But not a good one. No, not a good one at all. Bad it's like one. it's like um, I don't know, Silence of the Lambs doing it in ballet or something mm -hmm. like that. It was just bad. I will um, say it was a really cool set design and using the turntable, mm -hmm. like that so I looked at it as the artistic value mm. from the tech side. Like, okay, this is a cool set. I like this. I can handle that. But yeah, the whole dream ballet. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway. I do uh, have a fun story if you want to hear a fun oh, story about let's, this. Let's hear it. This was Madison's first musical mm. at four weeks old. Okay. Um, they, I'm glad you can't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> we had Maddie at the end of December and then WKU where David was working, Western Kentucky University was putting it on. So we had to tag and like, like, do you want to come do a tech? And I'm like, sure. And so it was Maddie's first musical, but then they did school day matinee performances. Mm. So intermission hit. He had classes walk out of Oklahoma oh God, yeah. because the girls were in their underwear, AKA their petticoats. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, they're like covered more than their swimsuits. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So they was like, I had schools walk out on me. And I'm like, you have that? I had a middle school dance shut down at a library. <laughs> I have that story. I mean, all things to be proud of, yeah. I guess. You know, um, they walked out because of petticoats. Yeah, and they even removed every single swear word. And like, there's only what two, I think, because not Eller, many. Yeah, Eller says damn. Yeah. Like other than that, they they even I mean they made it so PG for the schools, but so people walked. Out. I'm like, wow. I'm like, they all wanted it. Um, but, no. Okay. Well. I, I would so, never. So now when I think of Oklahoma, I, think I of might that. walk out on the production of Oklahoma, but it's not because of the no. petticoats. Okay, I, I the Dream Ballet. Once I hit that, I'm I'm looking. I'm looking for the open bar once the yeah. Dream Ballet comes in. Okay, that's what that's where I am. So, so anyway, I think what we're saying is three thumbs down for Oklahoma from us on that. So what's the next one chronologically then? The OG West Side Story. Okay. Oh, no, singing in the rain. rain. Oh, singing in the rain. Yeah. Okay. So I will say this flat out my favorite movie musical. I love singing in the rain. Dave, yeah. one David's favorites. I remember like uh, one of his birthdays didn't have it on DVD and I went all over looking for a copy of it on DVD to give him to us for his birthday. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we were. We watched it this past weekend while we were camping with the girls. Such a fun musical. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's the antithesis of Oklahoma. It know? is because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Donald O'Connor gets enough credit. No, he because it's always Gene Kelly and, and Debbie Reynolds. They're amazing. Don't get me wrong, but like no. I sat there and watched. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how amazing he was. Donald O'Connor was in the show. Yeah, he, he was absolutely. I mean, actually, my two favorite actors in the movie. I love Gene Kelly and I he love Debbie Kelly. Reynolds. Love them, but it's Donald O'Connor and Gene Hagen. They yeah. just like the, the you know Lena and I mean just the best parts of that movie. I've seen it a few times, and when I watch every time when he first talks, it just is like <laughs> I just yeah. smile because it's just like you know like. Oh, oh it's like, yeah, just and, and, on a chalkboard. And Gene Hagen had a really refined, cultured voice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to, to be able to do that, I mean, it's it's amazing to me because I think that the only actors in the movie that got nominations. It was her. It was her and Donald O'Connor. No, just no, her. No, just her. And she didn't win, and she should yes. have. Um, but, yeah, um, so let's, the plot of it is pretty simple. Right. You've got um, you've got Gene Kelly, um, who who plays Don Lockwood and um, you have Gene Hagen, who plays Lena Lamont. And they are these really big silent film stars. And it's right around. What was it? 1928 or 29? 1927 is, 1927 is when the jazz singer. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
the talkies they, come out. When they do that opening, they're like, this is the event of 1927. Okay. And then... And then the jazz singer comes yeah. out. Yeah. And everybody is no longer interested in silent film. And so all of these silent film stars either are going to be out of work or they have to... Um, reinvent themselves for mm-hmm. talking pictures. Have to adapt. And and of course, the big problem with it is that um, Gene Kelly's co-star in all these movies, uh, Lena Lamont, um, mm-hmm. has a voice that will make you want to put an ice pick in your mm-hmm. ear, right? So, um, yeah. So it's this whole thing of how he reinvents himself and keeps his career going. And of course, Gene Hagen's character, Lena Lamont, turns into this really really horrible horrible he's uh, awful she's a villain so mean. yeah and um and of course along the way gene kelly falls in love with debbie reynolds and debbie reynolds is like the up-and-coming musical yeah. you know star and everything like that and and uh gene hagan's character lena hates her and tries to get her like um, yeah tries to like ruin her career basically. right so that that's basically and then of course we uh, uh, Gene Kelly's uh, best friend through the whole thing is um, Donald O'Connor, who Cosmo. is Cosmo. Co- I almost Cosmo. said Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo oh my Brown. gosh! Yeah, Cosmo Brown. Um, but um, yeah, and and for me, um, Donald O'Connor and Gene Hagen steal the whole yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a re- it's a really simple plot, but I mean, so many good songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. Make um, Moses supposes. Oh yeah, Moses yeah, supposes. Yeah, and um, uh, the the. Yeah. Wow, you got that. We, we sing that song like we word for word. I don't have the voice to sing. That's pretty amazing that you even have that. And do the whole, David. David's got it down. We can just sit there and do oh. the whole thing. Kids are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we're just singing it. That's but impressive. That that's really impressive because that those are tongue twisters in that song. But it's it's so it just flows. It does. And I think that uh, there was, because they use most of the songs that are in the movie from what my research is, and I've taught this movie in, in, film, in my film classes, most of the songs pre-existed the, the movie musical. And so it was this whole thing. It's sort of like a Moulin Rouge thing where they had all these old yeah. songs and, they and then they brought them and they yeah. put them in a movie. But Moses Supposes was one of the few songs that, really that was written directly for the, for the movie. And then it, you know, they then took off whole thing exactly yeah so um yeah so there's a connection between moulin rouge which we'll get into and 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 singing in the rain yeah but um well we got to mention the singing in the rain song because that scene is so famous just in Mm -hmm. cinema history yeah i think like they had to add wasn't they added like milk or something to the water to make it show up well you know i think that they said that they did that but i uh, i checked in a few different places and some people say yes that's what they did and other places they say no no but here's the thing about that scene a little little behind the scenes thing um the entire two days that they were filming that gene kelly had the flu and had 102 fever um, he's just getting thing. soaked. Like, yeah, and he's getting soaked, <laughs> and he's in this heavy, wet wool. It's it's just amazing because you watch it, and you're like, you can't. Like, how can you be sick? Like, you look yeah. ama- you look sound amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, he looks. I mean, he has. He looks really joyful yeah. in that, and he does not look sick at all. Um, so I I just think that that's that's an amazing. And then have you ever heard this? I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's truth or not. But supposedly, when Donald O'Connor did the make him laugh scene, there was some issue with the camera, so they filmed the whole thing, 
and then it didn't film and they had to go back the next day and oh. refilm it all over again. I mean, especially the running up the wall when he's flipping yeah. it, that's, that's so hard. And think about this, Donald O'Connor was a two pack a day smoker. Oh my God. So I don't even know how he did the stuff that yeah. he did. Yeah, um, it was very like athletic. Oh yeah. He's, he's yeah. You know, I think out of anybody in a movie, anybody that can compete with Gene Kelly in the tap dancing, it's it's mm-hmm. Donald O'Connor, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Debbie Reynolds was really young when mm-hmm. she made this movie. She was like, what, 18 or something like that? I thought. 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And Gene Kelly, her love interest, was 42 when he <laughs> made this movie. Yep. So, um, right for that era of Hollywood? well, even, even for the 1980s and 1990s, mm. it's sort of the same thing, but yeah. Um, but, uh, Gene Kelly didn't want Debbie Reynolds at all. He didn't. He wanted somebody else. He wanted, he wanted, um, oh gosh, I can't, it was an actress that he'd worked with before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and because Debbie Reynolds was the it girl at the time, um, the the studio said no. You're gonna you're gonna do this, and so he had to accept Debbie Reynolds. But he was really mean to her through this oh, whole filming. Yeah. Well, he, they made the right choice because she. They great. did, you know, and uh, the the only thing because she wasn't a singer. She was a I I mean she wasn't a dancer. She was a gymnast. Yeah. So her so, dancing was not up to speed. No, no. In fact, after she's I I heard uh, Debbie Reynolds watch an interview with Debbie Reynolds where she said that. After they were done filming Good Morning, she took off her shoes and her feet were bleeding. <laughs> so, and, you know, when you, if you watch really closely, because I've watched this movie so many times because I've taught it so many times, you watch the feet of Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds during that scene. They don't match up. No, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, there's a reason why she's standing on a chair and they're dancing around mm-hmm. here at a lot of the time because she just can't keep up with them at all so yeah she and a famous quote of debbie reynolds is the two hardest things that she ever did in her life was give birth and make singing in the rain <laughs> so yeah but uh gene kelly and her made up eventually Good. so anyway no, it's a great movie. It, it is a great movie and um everybody should watch it and the person that taught debbie reynolds how to tap dance for the movie because it wasn't coming from gene kelly or donald o'connor she was crying on some corner of the lot and who should walk by but Fred Astaire. Nice. And Fred Astaire was like, what's going on? What, what's, and she explained how, you know, she wasn't able to keep up and everything like that. And she got private dance lessons from Let's Fred go. Astaire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that just like bumps Fred Astaire up in my, in mm-hmm. my book. I love Fred Astaire. So, um, um, but yeah, so I love Singing in the Rain, my favorite movie musical of all time. Um, and I, you know, and I think it's probably if you were to ask, you know, critics and everything like that, probably in the top 10 for almost everybody. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. If not the top, well, we have to decide between all of us well, at the I, end. I, what's I, the, I did what's do the like a little looking to see kind of what, and another one that we watched is mm. kind of because it did win best picture and everything mm-hmm. and it's actually the next one chronologically so maybe we can move to okay it. Yep. west side story west side mm-hmm. story but we watched both we watched the new one and mm-hmm. the old one and i think we should talk about them together yeah, yeah um, absolutely so and and <clears throat> rita moreno's in both of them yeah so and, well she's in singing mm-hmm. in the rain let's 
Oh, yeah. Zelda. Zelda in Singing in the Rain. So Rita Moreno wins the award mm -hmm. for the podcast of being in the most movie musicals that we're she talking does. about. We love Rita. We do love Rita. And um, she was amazing in both versions yeah. of West Side Story. Um, <clears throat> so the, the original West Side Story came out, what, 1961? And then the new version came out in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, and the first one was... I mean, I don't know who directed the first one. Um, it was um, was it? It wasn't Jerome Robbins. It yeah, was, it was. Oh, well, it was Jerome it, Robbins. It, was, it had two directors. It was okay. wasn't it Robert Wise and Jerome Robert Robbins? Wise? Yep, Robert Wise and and Jerome Robbins. And I think Jerome Robbins was there because he did most of the choreography. Yep. Um, and then of course <clears throat> the new one was directed by Steven Spielberg, Spielberg. who loved the original. Who yep. loved loved the original and. That was his movie it. growing up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like his family's movie. Wow. So. Okay. So let's hear it. What do you think? Um, where so do we go? Well, let's just hit the elephant in the room. The first one was casted terribly. Yeah. Okay. If you. Are you talking about Natalie Wood? Yeah. No. There was one person of Latina descent playing in the movie, and that was Rita Moreno. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was in heavy stage makeup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love Natalie Wood. Like, I did a whole biography thing in high school, dressed up for a day and did it all. But, like, girls should not have been Maria hmm. because she can't sing. And yeah. she's also not Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. She's Russian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But love Natalie Wood. Amazing. She was the biggest, like, star at the time in the movie because mm -hmm. she had already been, she already was like, so prior to the West Side Story, she had been in Rebel Without a Cause, which she had Oscar nominated. She was in The Searchers when she was little. So, like, she was already established. And she was the first little girl in Marathon 34th Street. Right. Yep. Yeah. When she was eight. So she's, I mean, she was, like, well she was well established in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I will agree with you, you know, probably a bad casting decision but back then back then they did right, not they there. did do they that a lot i mean let, we didn't even do king and i but let's not even go oh, oh, yeah. the casting and that's, that. that's why i don't like rogers and hammerstein <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but it wasn't just me it was everything like you watch lawrence of arabia yeah oh i know alec guinness is like yeah you know what i mean so like that was not but like to me that was like the biggest elephant in the room about yeah the original West. i mean the original west side would i really appreciate it Again, both of them take place in less than 48 hours. Mm -hmm. yeah. The original, you don't have as many set changes. Like, they're at the mm -hmm. dance, and then they're on the roof, and then they're in the hallway, and then they're in the alley. Mm -hmm. But, like, the new one, you're just, like, you're in someone's apartment, and then you're in the department store, and then you're here, mm -hmm. and then you're here, and then yeah. you're there. And... So you prefer the original because of that? Because I, I kind of preferred the new one because I liked kind of expanding it. Like, the, mm -hmm. the fight in the new one is, like, in the salt. It's like in the salt shack, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and like I kind of like more locations. It looked great. The new one looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, both really good. I think I like the value of like this. Uh, I would say like the stage production of the old one because it was like yeah. watching more like a stage <laughs> version of it. I, I, that's what I would. I was just gonna say it's uh, the first one. The original one feels very much like the stage version yeah. mm -hmm. where they just took it and put it in the streets and and did it that way. Whereas Spielberg's version, um, more, it's more it, cinematic. It's it's more cinematic. It's grittier. It um, is, and I, what I would say is like, for all these, if you're going to like adapt a stage play for a movie, like, shouldn't isn't that one of the reasons why you would make a movie out of it oh, yeah. so you can do these things? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so 
because you see like a lot of and I'm thinking about like what was that Chadwick Boseman? It was that was based on a play. Oh, um, Ma Rainey's. Yeah, Ma Rainey's. Yeah, um, that was a great. Film. That was awesome, amazing. but you can tell that was a play because the whole mm. thing is like in two rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, um, I think like if you you you're making a movie out of these things, like you're able to like change locations. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um. But yeah, West Side Story, like, you know, I'd seen it growing up, the original one. I had not seen the new one until we watched it for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Like, it's not my favorite because, um, you know, I don't like all that many musicals. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, <laughs> I liked what I appreciated about the new one is I think it was like a little less corny. The first mm-hmm. one, and I remember like my, our high school did it. Like when I was, I remember like going to see it, um, West Side Story, but it's just like, you know, when they fight, it's a lot of like jump in and twirl. And, and that's, tumbling. that's the, because it's, it's a dance, they're dancing. Right? Exactly. And that's a huge difference between those two films. The fight in Spielberg's version yeah. is a fight. Mm-hmm. Whereas the one in uh, the original West Side Story feels like a dance off. You know? It is a dance off. <laughs> and I prefer like, if like people are dead at the end of this like yeah let me make it look a little more fighty yeah you know what i mean um as far as the casting like the i really and i was telling you this i liked the new tony i really mm. like the new um riff i i, I mean the, i liked the character that played riff though i think ariana ariana De- oh, and Ar- oh well, amazing. Amazing. yeah yes yeah, so okay. he wins for anita the same role that Rita Marino Rina won an Oscar for that movie. So but. this was the third time. This little trivia question for you guys: <laughs> two different actors have won Oscars for playing the same character in different movies. It's Ooh. happened three times. Can you name the other two? Oh my gosh! I'll right. say now you're putting me on the spot. Let's see. Um, hmm. My goodness. They, Can you give me a hint? Just a little bit of a hint? Um, so one was one happened a couple of year a few years ago. One's very pretty recent, and the other one is from the 70s. Wow. Okay. Um fairly recent. Mm. You're gonna kick yourself. I, I am probably it's gonna it's okay. Let's let's hear it. Okay, so the first time it happened was Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro both won for playing Vito Corleone, Vito Corleone. One yep. and Godfather 2. Mm-hmm. Second one was Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix both won for playing the Joker. Oh, Joker. oh my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I I don't know, I prefer Heath Ledger's Joker. So do I, I, did not, I did not like the new Joker. I didn't like yeah. it at all. Um, Heath Ledger was great, and we've already talked him about him on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, you know, and here's the thing with the new West Side Story. I think that didn't Rita Moreno even get an Oscar nomination for the new version? No, she got she got a nomination for something. I thought for well, she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for this. One. Yeah, because everybody thought thought that she was going, going to, to do it and win amazing. it. Yeah, yeah, Valentina. So yeah. that they created that character for her yeah. in the new. I like that because she kind of because repl- she's like Doc. right because so in the story right she's like Doc's widow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's running the drugstore. Yeah, yeah, but I just think like it's hard because 
you know, Ariana DeBose was obviously getting nominated, and then like it's hard for like a movie to have two in the same category. Mm-hmm. So, and if I'm I'm sorry if Rita Moreno had been nominated, it might have split the vote. And Ariana That's the thing, DeBose. and they yep. So they think about all that stuff too. So, right. so. Um, but you know, she was great. I really liked. Yeah, I mean, I liked the new one a lot. I think like. It was, it was, it was good. It was a worthy remake, I think. Like, it didn't feel cheap, no. you know. Nothing got cut out. They had everything in there. Yeah. And and plus the thing is, is that it didn't, like, just try to copy no. the original. It did something different. And that's what was yeah. made it amazing to me. Like, and, like, talking about the extra locations, like, I really liked that the G. Officer Krupke oh, song the was, like, song. in the police station. Yeah, yes. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, was, um, I did like that, and then they did redid the order with the gun, yeah. and the new one, the song he got the gun before the fight, mm-hmm. yeah. and then in the original one he got the gun in between the fight. Right. So, I mean, I think all the I mean, didn't Sal Mineo, didn't he win the, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor too? Right? No, it was um the guy who played Bernardo George Shakira. George Shakira's why he won? Yeah. For um, playing Bernardo, so they in '61 they won Best Supporting Actress and Best Actor. Supporting Actor. Okay, um, yeah. That was again. This was David's first time watching the original West Side Story as well. How can what, so what, he works in like theater well, and he's because mis- you do doesn't mean you're gonna watch it. Well, I know. Does but he, he not just, like West Side Story? He doesn't care for musicals. I think. Oh, okay. I mean, again, you're surrounded mm-hmm. yeah okay. i can i guess i just imagine people working that like grew up watching all of them you know mm-hmm. like, yeah we, he likes more of the obscure stuff okay all Fair right enough. so i will give i will give both west side stories thumbs yeah. up i, I really like them it, yeah. yeah absolutely so our next movie would be then is it cabaret Cabaret. 1972. 1972, directed by Bob Fosse, starring Liza Minnelli, Michael York, and the incomparable Joel Gray. So good. Um, so here we go. Welcome, bienvenue. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll go first. Okay. I loved the loved this movie. Mm-hmm. This was my favorite. That wasn't like Annie or Hamilton, just because like those are like personal, like kind of. I'd seen Cabaret one time, I watched it like years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so but this was great, mm-hmm. like especially Liza Minnelli and Joel Gray, both the performances they were like so kind of like dynamic, especially Joel Gray. And he had originated that role in the Broadway play and won a Tony for it. Yeah, I know, like. He was always going to do the movie role, like when Bob Fosse got, I was reading, um, hired for this. It was like, Joel Gray is doing this no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I loved it. Like, the performances were great. I really like musicals. I was talking, so I was talking to Maggie, my coworker, yesterday about this, because she loves cabaret. And she's done, like, the two ladies thing with her dance company before. She mm-hmm. loves it. And she, what she likes, and she makes a good point, like, this is a musical where all the musical performances are, like, in a setting where they should be. Like, it's like they're in a club, yeah. and it's performance, and that's all the music. Mm. They're not, like, spontaneously singing in the streets. Right. They're yeah. not, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for, like, plot exposition, singing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? This had, like, the best movie that was, like, between the songs, mm-hmm. I think, of, like, any of these. 
because there was a real movie happening, like dramatic movie. You know, it had not the whole storyline going whole story. on, on top of the club. You yeah. could have actually taken the the songs out of it and still had, had a, a really decent movie. Had a really good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I I do love the fact that the songs really do seem to be a part of the story as yeah. opposed yeah. to people just breaking into songs. Because mm-hmm. they get the tone changes throughout yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Things are getting more serious. Yeah. and It cut a lot out of the movie, though, or cut a lot out of the, the, the stage yeah. version to make the movie. They cut some of the best songs, I'm sorry, from the stage version for the movie version. So there's a, there's um in the, in the movie version, they don't have, in the stage version, there's a old couple. One is a, a German landlady, the other is a Jewish grocer, and he's in love with her, and he's trying to woo her through the whole stage play, and they cut the pineapple song, which is my favorite song in the whole show. Ben doesn't oh, know what the I pineapple song is. is. I will listen to it after It this. is so good. When I drive home, I'll put the pineapple song it's, on. I'll report back. It's it's a really good song, and it's my when I when I see it when I see stage versions of it, it's like that that song always brings down the house. It really does, and it's so good. But yeah, so they they did make some very clearly uh, uh, artistic. artistic decisions to eliminate stuff from the Candorneb musical. Sometimes you have to have it because mm-hmm. like like film's a different medium mm-hmm. than like a stage play, so like you have to. You know, and I think I just think this was great. So this is this movie has the distinction of winning the most Oscars mm. without having one best picture. Yep. It won you know what won best picture instead? Godfather. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough. It's mm-hmm. not better than Godfather. No. But um I mean Everybody was sort of shocked that Francis Ford Coppola didn't win. That was the thing, yep. yeah. But of course I think he came back the next year. Or two years later, and won Best Director for um, Godfather Part Two. He did so. That was two years later, and mm-hmm. so he finally did. Um, but yeah, and you got to think like so. I think in the original, like, I think who was nominated from the Godfather for supporting actor? I know James Caan was. James Caan was. And, I believe that Robert Duvall was too. Yep, and Robert Duvall mm-hmm. was Al Pacino also. I think he was nominated. So for that's Best the thing. It was actor. like. Joel Gray versus the entire cast of The Godfather, and Joel Gray wins the Oscar. Right, yeah. Which is crazy to think about, but also, like, if you watch it, you can't, like, he was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where when he's on screen, that's who you're watching, mm-hmm. you know? Great MC. And then, and then, uh, and then uh, of course, Liza is... This is like vintage prime Liza. The big eyes. So the big yeah. eyes and everything like that, and just sort of the frenetic Yep. pacing of her dialogue and everything. So, um, yeah, it's just an amazing story set in the Weimar Republic. Yeah, like Weimar, 19, yeah, 1931. 1931 Berlin. With the rise of the Nazis are coming into power yep. and everything. So, um, and she's sat, she, Liza plays Sally Bowles, who falls in love with um, an English guy. Yep. Ryan Roberts. Yes, uh, who um, who is who is in the place to write his doctoral thesis, yeah. and so um, you know all kinds of things happen, but um, eventually um, Sally Bowles does not end up with Michael York at the end of the movie. Um, in fact, uh, he pieces out. He he pieces out, and um, she stays in the Weimar Republic as the Nazis rise to power and 
the end. It's this is not a real feel good movie no. at all. You know, this is not Annie. That's for sure, right? Because nope. the sun ain't coming out tomorrow. Nope. And this one, okay. although my, one of my favorite songs from the movie was the Money Song. I yep. love the Money Song. Yep. And all I think of now is Shit's Creek. <laughs> they do. Um, there's a there's like two or three episodes where they do like um, Catherine O'Hare's character Moira Rose mm-hmm. directs Cabaret and it's Stevie and um, David's boyfriend. His name is blanking. Um, and they he's the MC and Stevie's the Eliza mm-hmm. and it's just they're direct. She's directing it as Moira Rose and I'm just like I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Liza's head. Uh, just their performances. Yeah, and 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 uh, it's just if I were to pick, well, no, we'll we'll pick who are well. You know what my favorite movie musical is that we watch is, is Singing in the Rain. But um, I do love Cabaret. Uh, it's it's right up there as one of the best movie musicals of all time yeah. for me. So anyway, three thumbs up for Cabaret. And now we move on to uh, Annie. Annie. This was the one that I requested. Right. Uh, and this was the first movie version, the first film version of Annie. This was John Huston directed this. John Huston and Carol Burnett's in it as Miss Hannigan. Who, she's amazing, Miss Hannigan. Albert Finney. Albert Finney. Who I forgot how he's so good in this. So this was a movie where, like, we had the VHS tape. So, like, I had seen this a lot. You wore out the VHS tape watching it. Yeah. (laughs) That and the like the Little Mermaid VHS tape. (laughs) This I mean, this is great. Like, you know, like and then then I got to see this like on stage too, and it was great. And Sally Struthers was Miss Hannigan in that. And I didn't even know she was an actress because if you grew up in the nineties, you just associate Sally Struthers with like starving children. Right. She did those commercials forever. For just 10 cents a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she has the tear running down her yeah, cheek, you know, that so kind sad. of thing. She did that forever. Um, <laughs> but, it, I, you know, Tomorrow is like one of my favorite mm. movie songs of all time. And you, and you have like, I mean, the, the supporting cast in this Annie, I mean, Anne Ranking is great. Yeah. Um, and of course you have Edward Herman playing, um, uh, FDR and I think he's amazing as well. And you got Tim Curry, you got Bernadette Peters. I mean, this is just like a rock star cast when it comes to musicals. Oh, it's so good. And there's like so many great lines. Like when we were growing up, like my mom used to tell me and my sister. You don't get half of it until you're an adult. No, no. (laughs) But like, we'd be like kids and we'd be like. My mom would be like, we're not having hot mush for dinner. <laughs> we're having cold mush. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But um, I was texting Amanda, like, man, like, I forgot how horny Carol Burnett was in oh this movie. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was all over Daddy Warbucks. I'm telling you that. The laundry guy, the cop. I yeah. Mean, my kids are like, what's your problem, Mom? Well, he's drunk. She's she's lonely. How's that? She's she's lonely. My favorite song, one of my favorite songs in the whole thing, Carol Burnett, Little Girls. Little Girls. Oh, yeah. But it's so creepy too at the same time, the way she sings yeah. it. And yeah. It. Yeah. She's, um, I'm, uh, she deserved an Oscar nomination for that, that yeah. part. She never got it, but, um, and you know, Tim Curry is Rooster. It's amazing. Um, I I actually was in Annie once in my oh. life. Yes, I did. What did you? Play? What? Who do you think I played? 
Daddy Warbucks? I did not. I wanted Daddy Warbucks. That's a very sore point. You had to have been a rooster. No, I played FDR in it. And it was actually turned out to be one of the best parts I ever had because I never had to remember my cues. Okay. Because all I did was sit in a wheelchair backstage, and then when it came time, wheel me out. someone would wheel me out. I was like, oh, it must be time for my my part. And then I would go out, I would do my part, sing my song, you know, Amazing. and then they would wheel me back, and I'd sit there, read something until it was yeah. time for me to go on again. But I hated the dog. I hated Sandy in my yeah. production because... The dog stole the show every time. I could be working my butt off, singing tomorrow or whatever, yeah. or just acting my butt off. And this little dog comes out and like sits and looks up and the audience yeah. goes wild for it. And I'm like, they are you compete. kidding me? I mean, I'm in a wheelchair here acting yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. We were watch- well, we were watching it again this weekend while camping because I took so many of these off for the last minute. Um, <laughs> the girls can watch some of these with me. And they're like, Izzy's like, Mom, this movie's so old. It's like a movie from 1984. It's oh so old. Gosh. It's a child. That I was born in 1984. David looks at her and he's like, I was born in 83. I'm like, yeah, I was born in 85. She's like, you're old. I'm like, oh, child. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, my my that's that's it. It's sad when the movies that you grew up watching are suddenly being called classics. But we like they're they're getting to that point yeah. where they're thirty, forty years old. I know, I know that, I know that. But still, it's kind of depressing. It's like I'm not I'm not used to putting on like a golden oldies station and hearing 1980s music. I mean, that's just. They can get some of the 90s grunge that they play now too when they put the oldies. That is so depressing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I love this version of Annie. I mean, they've done, they've done like uh, other adaptations for TV. There was one with Jamie Foxx as Daddy Warbuck, which I thought was okay. It was all right. And they did one with Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan. What I liked with this one, is all the little girls looked age appropriate mm-hmm. yep. and they sounded like their age. They weren't some like 10 year old that had pipes of like an opera mm-hmm. singer. Yeah. Like it was very age appropriately cast. Yeah. yeah. And and then of course you had um, Jeremy uh, Holder playing, what is his name? Punjab? Oh, Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey Holder. That's let's it. Let's not go with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. There was some questionable yeah, things was, like, in it. That and like, the asp, it was a little. Yes, asp, yes. But I mean, overall, I mean, oh, there's. I forgot a... to mention Bernadette Peters. Uh, well, I love Bernadette Peters. I mean, she's. she's... So funny. And you know, you... and here's the thing I love at the end of this version where Miss Hannigan suddenly has this change of heart oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. at the end when they're trying to kill Annie. Rooster's trying to get to Annie. Because that doesn't happen in a lot of the versions. No, absolutely not. And and Miss Hannigan has a moment where she's like redeemed as a character. Gets to ride an elephant at the end. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I think it was just because it was Carol Burnett and they realized that they couldn't have Carol Burnett try to kill a child. It'll be better. Yeah. It would be better if she's. Exactly. Tim Curry instead. So, yeah, I just love. I just I, I just love this version. I don't know if it's a nostalgia factor or whatever that is playing into my, my it is affection for, me, for it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, 
Again, it's not probably on the quality level of West Side Story or Singing in the Rain or anything no. like that. But it's, fun it's yeah, it's it, it could have this movie could have easily gone into our nostalgia episode. I thought movies. about it. Yeah. But I picked Little Mermaid instead, but I thought about doing this one for that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, all three thumbs up for uh, John Huston's version of Annie, which is the one that, if you've never seen Annie, that's the one that you should watch yeah. because yeah. it's it's really good. So our next movie is... Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge, which was Amanda's pick for... The, and she loves... Uh, obviously, she wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't... Uh, if she didn't love it. So Moulin Rouge, um, 19, no, 2000, 2001, Nicole Kidman, Ian McGregor, Ian, Ewan McGregor, John Leguizamo, um, Jim Broadbent, who is fantastic. Yeah. I love I, Jim I always love Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Have, the casting was great. I have thought. you ever seen Topsy Derby? I love Topsy Derby. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jim Broadbent is good in anything he's in. I even love him as the voice in Robots, the, the mother robot mm -hmm. in that one. He's so funny. But anyway, okay. Um, so yes, Moulin Rouge. I know this was not Ben's favorite movie of all time. No. I... Directed by Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. So. Yeah. I'll just get my thoughts out of the way. <laughs> then you guys can just go and I'll sit here. It's not... Okay, the I was in high school when this movie came out. Um, yeah, I I saw it right around that time. But like, also I was like sixteen, so this isn't for like sixteen year. You know, I remember thinking it was whack back then. But then I'm like, but like I thought about that like a lot of movies, and you watch them. Um, not for me. The only thing that I remember really is. And I'm Amanda will remember this too, but like the Lady Marmalade song oh, is like yeah. number one song yeah. in the country. Mm -hmm. Christina, Pink, Maya, Missy, Missy, Lil Kim. Um, and then that's partly in this, but then it's got like cool Nirvana. I don't know because like on paper, I should be into this. Like if you were just to explain to me, like, oh, it's going to look like this and it's going to mm -hmm. be this, I'd be like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. But like in practice, doesn't, and it's just Baz Luhrmann's style. I don't like any of his movies, like not one of them. You didn't like Romeo and Juliet? No. Oh, that like that's one of my favorite versions. It's, no, it's, no, it's awful, guys. Well, it's a I, bad movie. I will say this: if you want young people to like Romeo, uh, no, like Shakespeare, the show them that movie. No, no, no. Leo, man, it's like. They no. use the old. They do it. Right? They made us watch this in school when we were learning about Shakespeare in like tenth grade or whatever grade that was, and everyone's like, "This is dumb. <laughs> this isn't." Like I actually like got misty eyed when Leo died at the end over, over the <laughs> death of Leo. That is sacrilege. I can't. You should. You should leave. Honestly, <laughs> this is like any of them. Like. Growing up, like, my mom and sister really like Strictly Ballroom, so I've seen that, I'm like, this is yeah. bad, I don't like Romeo and Juliet, don't like this, don't like the, his version of Gatsby, like, uh, it, I didn't care for that no, either. it was bad, I, it's not for me, I ain't gonna I see that Elvis Gatsby. movie, because I don't care about Elvis or him. Well, he's got this very, a, whenever I watch it, it's a very frenetic style, yeah, or direction, Gatsby. yeah. Which, like, I'm not totally against, because, like, other directors that are like that, like maybe like you could say Terry Gilliam does too, mm -hmm. but like I'm totally into that. 
Mm-hmm. This I'm not. I don't know what exactly. There's something that's like mm-hmm. off-putting to me where like I think like in between this like it's so goofy. It's almost too goofy. If it had mm-hmm. been like 20% less goofy, I when it's not being really goofy, it's also super sad. What? Yeah. And then it's like I don't know where to sit. Like it's either like I'm un- it's so goofy I'm uncomfortable and now it's like gotten really serious and sad and i'm just like it's almost like he has he pushes it to the point where it's almost cartoonish it is well lots of this stuff with um mm-hmm. john Leguizamo and his crew is and this is just, our player it is, yes. it is so cartoonish where, the costume just cracks me up every time but i mean even the sound effects like i mean i remember in romeo and juliet when they're doing their guns and stuff you hear these kind of like so dumb. Like that that kind of thing. No, I hate that. <laughs> but I love this is my wife's favorite musical, Moulin Rouge. She loves Moulin Rouge. I think what I like about it is the mashup of all the songs. Mm-hmm. They make very popular songs. They put it to a story plot mm-hmm. and it's like, there it goes. Yeah. I think when you were talking about it and you were like, but does it love lift you up where you belong? And I started quoting the music. And yeah. he's just mm-hmm. like, no. No, no <laughs> one of my favorite versions of Roxanne is in this movie. Mm, I love that, that scene when they're dancing, and sitting here like no, but it's just so pretty. Oh, and then the like a virgin just cracks me up. Oh yeah, come on, that's yeah. fine. Like, but it's Jim Broadbent too. Yeah, so. some. So guys, what have you been reading? That's good. I'll go first. I don't have a new book. I haven't. Yeah, I don't have a current book right now. I'm like, um. So I will say a show, okay? Because I can't, you okay. can't stop me. I, <laughs> I I just watched the first season of the show. It's on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It's called Players. It is like a mockumentary satirical show about like esports players, and it's it was so good. I can't like so that i binge watched that so that's the most notable thing that i've consumed since our last podcast okay um how many seasons are there well only the first season it just came out but it's i it's really funny but it's got like heartfelt things it was really well done you don't have to know anything about video games because it's that's not really important um but I wanted to mention that. Okay, so Paramount Plus. It's on Paramount Plus, and it's called Players. Players, yeah. All right, Amanda. I um, just read another Grady Hendrix book for this weekend, oh, yeah. and I just finished My Best Friend's Exorcism. My Best Friend's Exorcism. Okay. Yep, and I have I have the paperback copy of the book. looks like an old VHS tape. It's even got the Please Be Kind and Rewind sticker on it. <laughs> That's, I bought it, that version, for the cover of the book alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about a girl, uh, two girls, best friends in high school, like best friends since like fourth grade and they get into high school and they do, um, they drop acid one night in high school and they decide to go swimming while the one disappears and they can't find her all night. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and she's just different. Oh. Um, and then um, the one friend who's very concerned for her just starts, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And like, they're like, oh, it's this or it's that, or it's like this friend's, it, nobody's looking at it like she's looking at it. Oh my God, my friend's possessed. But mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, and then all of a sudden there's a switch in the girl. And the amount of things that the possessed person does to her friends is just crazy. And it creeped me out more than the exorcism. Wow. Than the exorcist. Yeah, exorcist, sorry. Which is crazy because I think it's the scariest I movie. I find it creepy. <laughs> I know you did. It's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. 
Mm. And then, like, you get to the end. I read it in, like... Is she actually possessed? Oh, she is. Okay. Like, there's... It's, like, she starts off the book. She's like, this was when my best friend was possessed, and this is the exorcism. Okay. Um, and so, there's a lot... I didn't realize it was halfway through the book, and, like, I chapters were all song titles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And all 80s, mm-hmm. 90s stuff. Um, just, I don't... I thought it was great. Um movie comes out the end of this month september 30th yes. oh there's a movie it's on too. dropping on paramount or prime prime it's, it's, prime. it's a prime it's a prime thing um so mando wants us because our spoiler I, alert, our next podcast is yeah. going to be halloweeny time so it's going to be pretty soon and it's going to be horror part two horror part two but, so yeah i'm excited to watch this one so we should watch this okay. and then we can have a new one yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it. Um, I read it in like three hours. And what I really enjoy about Grady Hendrix's books is they all read like a script. They all read like a movie because he's mm-hmm. a screenwriter. Right. So you can see everything visually in your head as you're going, and you awesome. you read them so quickly. Like I sat down and read this in three hours. Like yeah. I got up like four times, and I just read the. <laughs> and he always does like horror kind yeah. of stuff, right? He did the yeah. vampire one. Um, he did the final girls support group. Yeah. He did horror horror stuff. The one set in the IKEA store. Horror store. Horror store. And then mm-hmm. there's one he's got a, a book on like vintage like horror books. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a nonfiction book I didn't All right. Well, so we got so we have the first movie for yes. our next podcast. Have another recommendation, but we'll, we'll talk about We'll talk episode. about that. So but it's Grady Hendrix, My Best Friend's Exorcism. And um for me, I've just been reading lots of poetry. So um yeah, I've got you got I've got a giant stack of poetry, but I've been um Diane Seuss who's coming to the the library next April. She won the Pulitzer Prize this year. Um I've just been re- going back through her books and reading all of the all of her books. So if you have, if you don't, if you don't think you like poetry, try Diane Seuss. You'll love her. Um, so anyway, there you have it. Some recommendations from myself, Amanda, and Ben of books that you should pick up off the shelf. So guys, what have you been reading? That's good. I don't have a new book. I haven't. Yeah, I don't have a current book right now. I'm like, um, so I will say a show. Okay. Because I can't. You okay. can't stop me. I, <laughs> I, I just watched the first season of the show. It's on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. It's called Players. It is like a mockumentary satirical show about like esports players. And it's, it was so good. I can't like, so that I binge watched that. So that's the most notable thing that I've consumed since our last podcast. Okay. Um, how many seasons are there? Well, only the first season just okay. came out, but okay. it's I it's really funny, but it's got like heartfelt things. It was really well done. Okay. You don't have to know anything about video games because it's that's not really important. Um, okay. But I wanted to mention that. Okay, so Paramount Plus, it's on Paramount Plus, and it's called Players. Players, yeah. All right, Amanda. I um, just read another Grady Hendrix book for this weekend, oh, yeah. and I just finished My Best Friend's Exorcism. My Best Friend's Exorcism. Okay. Yep, and I have I have the paperback copy of the book. It looks like an old VHS tape. It's even got the Please Be Kind and Rewind sticker on it. <laughs> That's, I bought it, that version, for the cover of the book alone. Mm. Um, but it's about a girl, uh, two girls, best friends in high school, like best friends since like fourth grade and they get into high school and they do, um, they drop acid one night in high school 
and they decide to go swimming while the one disappears and they can't find her all night. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and she's just different. Oh. Um, and then um, the one friend who's very concerned for her just starts like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And like, they're like, oh, it's this or it's that. Or it's like this friend's, it, nobody's looking at it like she's looking at it. Oh my God, my friend's possessed. But mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, and then all of a sudden there's a switch in the girl. And the amount of things that the possessed person does to her friends is just crazy. And it creeped me out more than the exorcism. Wow. Than the exorcist. Yeah, exorcist. Sorry. Which is crazy because I but think I, it's the I scariest movie. I didn't find it creepy. <laughs> I know you yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> it's so mean. Hmm. And then, like, you get to the end. I read it in. Like, is she actually possessed? Oh, she is. Okay. Like, there's, it's like she starts off the book. She's like, this was when my best friend was possessed, and this is the exorcism. Okay. Um, and so, there's a lot. I didn't realize it was halfway through the book, and like, I chapters were all song titles, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is great. And all '80s, mm-hmm. '90s stuff. Um, just I don't. I thought it was great. Um movie comes out the end of this month September 30th yes. oh there's a movie it's on too. dropping on Paramount or Prime Prime it's, it's, a, prime. it's a Prime it's a Prime thing um, so Amanda wants us because our spoiler I, alert, our next podcast is yeah. going to be Halloween-y time so it's going to be pretty soon and it's going to be horror part 2 horror part 2 but, so yeah I'm excited to watch this one so we should watch this okay. and then we can have a new one yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it. Um, I read it in like three hours. And what I really enjoy about Grady Hendrix's books is they all read like a script. They all read like a movie because he's mm-hmm. a screenwriter. Right. So you can see everything visually in your head as you're going, and you awesome. you read them so quickly. Like I sat down and read this in three hours. Like yeah. I got up like four times, and I just read the. <laughs> and he always does like horror kind yep. of stuff, right? He did the yeah. vampire one. Um, he did the Final Girls support group. Yeah. He did hor- horror stuff. The one set in the Ikea store. Horror store. Horror store. And then there's one, he's got a, a book on like vintage, like horror books. Mm. Like, a, like a nonfiction book. I All right. So we got, so we have the first movie for yes. our next podcast. Have another recommendation. But we'll, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about that. So, but it's Grady Hendrix, My Best Friend's Exorcism. And um, for me, I've just been reading lots of poetry. So, um, yeah, I've got, you got, I've got a giant stack of poetry, but I've been um, Diane Seuss, who's coming to the, the library next April. She won the Pulitzer Prize this year. Um, I've just been re- going back through her books and reading all of the all of her books. So, if you have if you don't if you don't think you like poetry, try Diane Seuss. You'll love her. Um, so anyway, there you have it. Some recommendations from myself, Amanda, and Ben of books that you should pick up off the shelf. And we have come to the end of this special movie musical roundtable of Library Nerds with Words. I want to thank Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone and Ben Sargent from the Circulation Department for joining me. And just to let you know, in October, as we were talking about, Ben, Amanda, and I will be getting together for another horror movie roundtable. This will be part two. But come back for next week's episode when I will be joined by Amy Salmonen, Head of Adult Services, Until that time, everybody, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. 
This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event, and remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.